Brought to you by Prescient Investment Management. Informed by science. Guided by insight. Prescient Investment Management is an authorized FSP. Welcome to another uh, um, interesting episode of Honest Money. I'm I'm really excited today because we're talking about something that's real for all of us. You know, it's some, something that impacts us every single day of our lives. So, so we're talking about the topic of inflation, and I'm really happy to be enjo- to be joined by Odwa Seklobo, who is co-head of um, multi asset at Prescient Investment Managers uh, or Investment Management. Sorry, uh, Odwa, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Arun. It's a pleasure to be here. So uh, I think when we're talking about inflation, it might sound like jargon to 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 people who don't study economics and and the like. So I thought maybe before we get into into the how we beat inflation, we should talk about um, what, what actually what inflation is. All right. Yeah. So I think inflation I can describe it as the general tendency of the the cost of our the daily things that we use tends to rise. So by this, I mean, if you look at your groceries, okay, so the cost of your bread, um, like any oil that you use, any of those staples, those tend to rise uh, through time. And in some periods, they tend to rise even more aggressively. This also filters through to things like your medical aid costs, perhaps even school tuition. But really what it does is it essentially just means that uh, whatever your budget was, you can now afford less of the things on that list as time goes by. And particularly now where inflation or prices of goods have been increasing quite a lot, uh, it's become an even bigger problem, uh, again, given the limited funds that uh, one has to spend on a monthly basis, for example. Yeah, I must say, you know, if if we talk about, uh, um, you know, let's say cost of living, uh, you know, a lot of the time when when uh, when we hear about, you know, the the Reserve Bank or the Stats SA or somebody out there says uh, CPI has gone up by X percent, and you know, and CPI for for economists is trying to kind of get to what our what our inflation rates are, what your and my personal cost of living increases are. Um, and and one of the things it's important to know is that you, you know the, the official measure at a, at a national level uh, is not trying to measure each individual person's cost of living changes. It's it's a basket of of goods and services that that, that uh, you know they've measured, uh, and they're and they're trying to be consistent to say, well, over time, this is how things change. Uh, and I know I don't know if you've had that experience, but you know when you talk to especially older people, they always say, you know, my cost of living is going up at ten percent, and you know this this number of six or seven whatever is rubbish, and you know uh, the, the economists are lying to us, but they're not. Um, they're just trying to get a good average across the entire country and and the whole base of of South Africans from from very low income, uh, you know, maybe almost subsistence earners right through to to very high income, you know, high net worth individuals. Uh, correct, Warren. Yes. So uh, the great point you touched on is the the impact of inflation is quite uh, specific to individuals, again, on your lifestyle and your life stage as well. Uh, so that's why it's really, it, it is a personal thing. And also, therefore, when you think of ways to mitigate against it, you also need to be currently aware of uh, your financial situation and Again, that's why I linked it to your budget. Like, what's usually in your basket um, that 
that, that you need to protect the value of being able to purchase uh, those particular goods because the, the representative basket or the country's basket, um, funny enough, is an average. So you'll find that probably nobody ever buys that basket, but it's an aggregation of the entire population. And after all, we are quite unique in how we lead our lives. Uh, and therefore, inflation is actually a, a personal thing way beyond uh, the statistics that we read against. and the the dire impacts can be quite uh, different depending on your particular uh, set of uh, costs. So for example, let's imagine people who spend most of their salaries uh, trying to buy food, okay? So if then the cost of food, let's call it the staple such as rice or oil, cooking oil and things like that, if that particular basket increases by quite a lot, maybe food inflation is above 10%, right? Even though the the national statistic for inflation might be 7% over increases in the, over the last year, you can see that it impacts different people quite differently. And then for other people where medical costs are the ones that are eat up a lot of their monthly budget, then that's the main inflation that sort of like, uh, again, matters to them. So being being actually a bit uh, nuanced about uh, what's your inflation is quite important because, again, that should lead into how do you wait, how do you even start to think about mitigating against uh, those uh, eroding impacts of higher prices for your basket? And I think, um, you know, maybe just the other thing is it's, it's, to me, inflation is like slow poison. You know, it's not, we don't get a news headline that says to us, gee, watch out, you know, the buying power of your money has just dropped by 10%, you know, so your thousand rand a month that you were spending for a thousand rands worth of goods and services is now only going to give you 900 rands worth of goods and services a year later. So, uh, you, you, I mean, I agree with you 100%. We need to almost track these things for ourselves. You know, we need to know, uh, you know, you know, this is what our typical um, monthly expenses look like. And then a year later, do that exercise again and, and to see what that impact is. And, and then, you, you, you know, you're much better armed for yourself to, to make better decisions. You know, the, the national averages are, are there and they are valuable, but they're not super helpful for you and me as individuals and, and where we are in our stages of, of life. Correct. Maybe we need a measure called the budget inflation measure because that will be a bit more specific to every individual. And especially if you do revise or do the budgeting exercise quite frequently, you know, you can keep a quite close pulse as to the escalation of your cost of living. I keep thinking, you know, the banks have so much data on us and, you know, surely they could uh, they could actually go through their big data engines and, and figure this out for us and tell us what, you know, what it is for, for us on the ground. But, uh, but, but I haven't managed to convince a bank yet to, to, to give us data like that. So, so Andre, I think maybe let's, let's go on to, if, if uh, my words, if, if I, I talk about cost of living as kind of or inflation as slow poison, then, then what's the antidote? What's the medicine to, to help us? Uh, you, you know, manage that. I mean, I use the phrase mitigate, you know, and how, how do we beat inflation? How do we protect ourselves over over the next, you know, one, three, five, 50 years? Jeez, you. So, uh, Warren, I think on that, uh, I usually like to start off maybe thinking of it in a, a simpler way, perhaps. So I remember growing up uh, with my mom, who's a teacher, and then uh, whenever she had some savings, um, I would, like she, 
I would, I would use to ask her like where she keeps her money. So one of the things that uh, we usually do as individuals when we have excess funds or maybe keeping money for that rainy day, a lot of the time we try to keep that like in a bank account. Uh, so sometimes you might have a savings account where you can withdraw the money whenever you want and that that might give you some sort of interest. Some banks, if you have a current account, might not give you interest. All right. So, so what I just want to highlight is that maybe the first uh, part of actually um, combating inflation perhaps is to have your savings grow at or a faster pace than inflation. So as I mentioned, one of the usual things that we can think of our bank accounts, uh, but we know that on a savings account, you might not earn a lot of interest, but uh, something that we also do know or are used to are what you'd call uh, notice deposits. So that's where usually where you say to the bank, okay, look, uh, I'm not going to have access to my money for the next week or a month. Uh, and then uh, to compensate you for that, they'll pay you slightly higher interest, okay? And then we also have what you'd call fixed deposits, where again, you are then uh, putting in money for fixed terms, maybe one year or three years out. Again, there you get even a higher interest rate. So it's always important to then compare what interest you are, you are making on those savings, as an example, versus the cost of living. Because if you are earning 5%, on those let's call it fixed deposits i'm just making numbers up here but the cost of inf but the cost of living is going up by let's call it seven and a half percent that means actually you are falling behind by that whatever that difference is so therefore i remember then going back to my mom after uh learning a bit more about these other investment products i was like hang on mom uh actually there are other opportunities there that are offered by the investment uh excuse me industry and they actually have a quite nice appeal in that these unit trusts, right, which provide you with income. Uh, but the great thing is you can get your money out like within a day, unlike a bank that usually puts you in this locked in period. So that's the one difference. And what these products actually actively try to do is to pay you a higher interest rates than inflation. OK, so they might target inflation, let's say, plus two percent uh, over uh, any rolling one year period, as an example. But the great thing is you always have the flexibility to take your money out uh, whenever you want. So just to paint the spectrum is it starts off as simple as in a bank account. But the, in a bank account, again, you don't really get too much inflation protection, but they are quite nice uh, products which are very risk averse that are offered by the uh, investment industry. So some of them might go by names such as income funds. Some of them are called, uh, it's called money market funds. So again, very uh, on the risk conservative side, but that's the starting point, you know, especially on the shorter uh, periods of time to just do slightly better than inflation, but have uh, access to your money, right? But when we start looking at a longer term now, right, then we can start talking about okay, maybe I don't want to necessarily take my money out after a year or three months or something like that. I'm thinking more longer term, perhaps I want to invest for kids who just started high school and I'm thinking about tuition for university. And now I'm trying to think of horizons that I'm actually willing to put my money away and not look at it for the next five plus years, right? So that's when you can then start looking at um, taking on slightly more risk Okay, so that's when you start looking at what you'd call multi-asset uh, funds or perhaps even equity funds, right? But I'd like to just pause there uh, if there's any uh, question you had in mind, Warren.
No, I think uh, I mean I think it's a, a good point. So, so it was a bit of a trick question for you. So, so I guess when when we're looking at um, at, at growing our money, we need to buy. Um, you know, we need we do need to buy investments when we're looking at let's say three years and longer that uh, we, we give us a really good chance of of beating inflation um, over shorter periods of time. As you say, from one day to maybe three years, and that's my time frame. But one, one day to three years, you're you're looking for basically the best rate of interest that you can get, and. and try not to take uh, too much in, uh, stock market risk or property market risk. Uh, and, and so, you know, a high degree of certainty and, and as much interest as you can. And, and what you're trying to do is just match inflation if possible. Because I guess one thing we need to talk about there is, you know, if you earn, let's say you, you know, you're lucky enough, I don't think it exists, but if you're lucky enough to find a, a money market fund that pays you 10% of your interest and, and inflation's at seven, um, you know, you feel amazing. But what you must remember is you might be paying away, um, you know, 30% of that or three, three or 4% out of the 10 just for tax. So, uh, we, we must never forget that, um, you, you know, tax is a big factor when we're earning interest. And, and that's why I like the way you, you're breaking it up now because, Short periods of time, great. Let's let's earn interest. We know we're just basically standing still. Hopefully, if we're lucky and we've, we've done our homework, um, we're standing still against inflation. But when we zoom uh, out to three, five, ten-year periods, th th then we're looking at risk because I think that's the one thing. Um, and then to your point, we're starting to talk about investing in balanced funds, or you know, I, I, I know the industry loves these uh, this jargon, multi-asset. But for me, that just means. You know, funds that have a combination of cash, bonds, property, shares, uh, and then it's about how much of those. And and I think you know that, that, that's I like where you're going with this. Correct. Yes. So again, going uh, yes, like I think our maybe let's touch on on equity as an example, and then we go to the balanced uh, offerings that one could look at. So the, the the appeal or the motivation for investing in equities, or what that really means is you start owning shares uh, in the companies that are listed on the JSE. So what that allows you to do is if you invest your 100 rands in a basket of those shares, um, what you then have is you have access to the profit uh, pool that these companies generate. Because now you're part, actually an owner in these companies. So these companies then pay dividends. And again, the, the better these companies do through innovation and technology and growth, then even the underlying pool of shares increases in value because again, they are they are expected to generate even higher profits into the future, right? So again, investing in shares is like investing in the in the underlying businesses. And these are businesses that we actually interact with every day from your cell phone networks to your supermarkets and all of that. So the great thing is that those companies actually do pay you nice dividends and you're participating in the profits. And as you alluded to earlier, the nice thing about uh, participating in uh, company profits is that they are taxed at a much lower rate than you, what you and I are taxed at. So by receiving uh, dividends, i.e. a profit, sh that is a profit share from the companies, you're paying, let's call it, I think it's about 28% in uh, tax right now, whereas uh, individual people's taxes can go all the way up to like 40%. So you, you can definitely see the, the benefit there. So now what you then do in a balanced fund is you actually then also recognize that there's a little bit more risk in uh, investing in companies. As you can imagine, there's a lot of risk in running any business, right? So I always say, think of it like that. If you own shares, you're a business owner. And as you can imagine, there are a lot of turmoil uh, 
uh, a lot of interesting things that can happen in, during that period. So to try to reduce that risk, we say, let's not put all of our 100 rands in equities. Let's put some of it in uh, in bonds. So we're lending to, say, this, the South African government. And actually, we even lend to other uh, uh, foreign governments, let's say the US or the UK or Japan. So just diversifying where we're going to be uh, making our money from. And also we can invest in income generating assets, uh, as I mentioned, like your cash type of assets. But what, what we're getting at here is we, we started off by talking about something that's very uh, risk, uh, um, sorry, very low risk. So we wanted to protect our capital. Then, so that's talking about the money market and the income funds and the bank accounts. Then on the other spectrum, we just spoke about equities. So basically investing in businesses, that's like a very higher risk. So what we're trying to do in a balance fund is then marry the two so that we are somewhere in the middle. We get higher returns than we would get from our very um, low risk assets, right? So that means we can do better than inflation, but we don't want to be surprised when um, you know, there are big shocks in the equity market. So that's what the balance fund does. And then uh, as asset managers, we really spend our time making sure that we combine those in the best possible way to combat inflation so that we can deliver inflation beating returns over horizons of three, five and, and more years. All right. And that's really uh, the key here. And again, the time horizons also, as I mentioned, are, are slightly longer for your balance funds than they are for your uh, very lower risk type of uh, propositions. So I think um, you know important to understand as an investor when you when you're buying something that's going to give you a good chance of beating inflation. I mean, to your point, Audra, that uh, you know that comes with the risk that uh, you start you know you start on day one and you've got a thousand rand in there, uh, but but stock markets fall apart and you know bond markets have a tough time and suddenly your thousand rand's worth eight hundred rand. Uh, that's normal. That's part and parcel of the tide of markets. Tides come in, tides go out, and, and that's what happens. And it's okay. That's not a problem unless you panic and you sell out at you know after month three because you think it's never going to get back together. And I, I think to your point, I like that, is that you know when we're investing, we want to beat inflation, we want to grow our money, and, and therefore this, this risk of going up and down, the, and the jargon for that is volatility. Uh, just understand it's, it's kind of like a season. You know, seasons come and seasons go. Stay invested, and 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 over time, you give yourself the best chance of growth. For, from my perspective, uh, lo, you know, looking at this, it's always about uh, you know buying growth assets, and, and growth assets are you know most of the time are going to be uh, you know shares in companies, uh, um, government bonds when they're in, in good, well managed uh, governments, hopefully, uh, and and then and then property companies might might be part of that conversation as well. Uh, the, the best growth will usually come from shares as an asset class, and, and uh, but understanding that that comes with the biggest roller coaster ride. So, so the marriage of of managing some risk uh, and taking some of the risk off the table um, and and getting as much growth as possible is where we get to balanced funds. So they're not perfect. There's no, it's not a guarantee that you invest in a balanced fund and you never see it go down. It it, it certainly will go down from time to time. Hopefully not not as much as the stock market, uh, but but what you're aiming for is to get as much growth as possible, nearly as much as the stock market, without the risk of the of, of the biggest losses that you would see in markets. I, I think that's a fair summary. Correct. Yes, um, and you made mentioned a great point there in terms of uh, you know like sometimes uh, psychologically. Um, 
when things go down as an example we might tend to panic right and things when things go well we love that but it's always interesting that um, we treat uh, bad events differently uh, from good events so it's always wise for one to actually guard against that and actually understand that it is actually normal to feel worried that things have gone down but at the same time you need to guard against um then having a knee jerk reaction to it you know it's uh, i mean easier said than done but that's the key again going towards uh, staying invested um because that's really what uh what really matters at the end of the day so what that means is once as long as you have the the mix of your growth assets correct okay uh, in the long run uh, as you mentioned warren you're going to actually do quite well right because they the other nice thing is that they dovetail with one another maybe equities are not having such a great time but you have your bonds that are generating this income because they pay interest quite regularly Right, so then that offsets some of that, but in the long run, it all builds up. It all builds up on top of each other, that uh, it it does go up. So the the key is to remain invested, and also just to make sure that you know, uh, as long as that portfolio is in the safe pair of hands and it's uh, allocated quite properly, um, you 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 shouldn't uh, you know like try to override those rules, you know, because uh, it's quite hard to to justify sometimes it's like uh, you know it's like how can i put it okay i'm rambling now so i think i'll just leave that one aside <laughs> so um, um if if we had a song for this this particular episode it would be called don't worry be happy <laughs> um, and and i think that's the point once you've once you've got your strategy right you know just sit back and and let the strategy unfold Adwa, we've we we're running out of time and i've got um I always ask new guests to our show my favorite question. Uh, and and so it it is um if you had to meet your your let's say your 21-year-old self now ha- having uh, learned the life lessons you've learned so far what would be the one uh one thing you would like to to teach your 21-year-old self? Um jeez. Start saving now. Every little amount counts. It's amazing like how little it actually is, uh, takes to start uh, saving. So whatever money I had, maybe because I used to tutor as well, I could have uh, what I could have actually uh, be saving it rather than just keeping it in a bank account. I could have been investing it. And then this power of compounding, uh, again, would have just helped out uh, through time and it would have seen that uh, come through. So it's almost like uh, it's just that discipline of whatever a small amount it is, you know, it doesn't, it actually doesn't take a lot of money to start investing. So that was the, the one, the key thing I, uh, I never thought I could invest. I thought I needed a big amounts, but you don't, you know, cause sometimes you can do simple debit orders of 500 rands a month, you know, maybe a lump sum of a thousand. And maybe when you come across another thousand at another point in time, you do, you go, uh, uh, you do that. And when I did that uh, simple calculation of how much I would have made, I was like, geez, that's a, a, a nice uh, sum. Also, just from modest, uh, just modest putting stuff away. So having that discipline, um, you know, and then just making it a rule, it carries, uh, it it compounds quite a lot. That's the power of time. Um, so, so now we've got two. So it's just get started and don't worry, be happy. I think that's a summary for our show. Adwes Eklobo from Prescient Investment Management. Thanks so much. It's been fantastic to have you on the show. I think uh, I think you've shared uh, um, some wonderful and um, information with our with our listeners, and and I hope to to chat to you again in the future. Thank you, Warren, and um, all the best to all the listeners out there. Cheers. 
brought to you by Prescient Investment Management. Informed by science, guided by insight. Prescient Investment Management is an authorized FSP. 